legitimate defensive players that you are beating the best programs in the country head-to-head for. So it's hard not to get really, really giddy when we're talking about not only the players that OU is getting right now or has a great chance to get, but the programs that they're beating out to get some of these elite players. By the way, um, Air Comfort Solutions text line, I am interested in this today because we keep selling you on, hey, OU really has a legit chance to have the number two overall class by the time it's all said and done. I'm interested in what you guys think today. 405-651-3439. Prediction time, what is OU's final ranking for the 23 class after we get through National Signing Day Part 2? Um, I, Parker, it's hard for me to not think that they're going to end up with the number two class, especially if they end up landing Peyton Bowen. Now, that's a big if, a long way to go there, and it's been an adventurous recruitment over the past nine months, but I am tempted to throw out my official prediction of number two. I don't think it's far-fetched, Tyler, and I think a lot depends on two guys at this point in time. And that's Malachi Coleman and Cecilia Connor because we already kind of have the understanding, right, that it looks like DJ Hicks is going to be a Sooner. And I tell you what, I I am gaining confidence that the flip from Peyton Bowen happens and happens soon. So if you get if you get those two, and you close on Jordan Renaud as we expect will occur, Tyler, then it becomes pretty evident, doesn't it, that you're going to end up with a top three class. What could or top four, top four? What could put you over the top and move you from three, four to two is you close on Tecilia Kana and you convince Malachi Coleman to step out of Nebraska's backyard and come on down to Norman. So those are the two that you're watching more than anything once we find out where Jordan Renaud is headed and where once we find out where Peyton Bowen is headed again. I kind of feel like you know where DJ Hicks is headed right now. Oh, yeah. So between Coleman and Akana, we know the Sooners are going to take another safety as well. It's just not really clear who that is. Regardless, it doesn't really matter. You get Coleman, you get Akana. I think you are 1,000% looking at the second class or number two class in America behind only Alabama. Fair point, text line. Uh, can we not call A&M one of the best programs in the country? I was mostly referring to uh, – Alabama and Notre Dame when I was saying that. But, yes, I can get on board with not calling A&M one of the best programs in the country. I think we all can. Um, From the 405, is there any way the fans can make an impact or get to say hi to these recruits on weekends like this? Actually, yes. Parker is still in line to have Jackson Arnold on our uh, ref pregame show and potentially four-star offensive tackle Caden Green as well. In terms of the uncommitted guys, I don't know, but there's a couple commits you'll have a chance with. A a chance with what now? I'm sorry. For Jackson Arnold, uh, you'll have Jackson Arnold on the pregame show and Caden Green. So people will have an opportunity to come say hello and show their support on Saturday. Yes, so come out to Campus Corner. We know Jackson Arnold is going to be there. Looks like Caden Green is going to be there as well. And, hey, they won't be the only Sooners commits in town, so we'll see how many of them make the pilgrimage because, you know, Jackson Arnold is kind of the Pied Piper, right? Where he goes, everybody else goes. So we'll see who else shows up out at the parking lot of Hertz Donut on Saturday afternoon. But it'll be a grand old time, and, listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that we're not going to flip Peyton Bowen live on air. Oh, my gosh. Don't you do that to me. I can't handle that. (laughs) Not on Wednesday. 
Save that for Friday, all right? I can't wait three days for this. You're going to get me too excited if you're talking about flipping Peyton Bowen, which would land OU as the number two class, by the way, by a wide margin if that were to happen on Saturday. So just to let everyone know how close they are to the number two overall class. Uh, From the 405, fans better be loud and stay for the first half. Been outside the last couple nights, and it's felt amazing. Heat won't be an excuse this weekend. And uh, this one says, are you sure the drama isn't on whether the students leave early? Yes, the big talking point from last weekend's game is still the crowd in the student section. I do not foresee that being an issue, Parker. I don't think that we're going to be talking about the crowd come Monday after the Kent State game. No, I don't think so. That was a one-game deal. Especially if they can break out a Peyton Bowen chant, then I think all will be forgiven as far as what happened and or didn't happen Saturday against UTEP. So, look, stripe the stadium. It's a night game. It's going to be cooler. You expect it will be a raucous atmosphere. You got some big-time recruits in town. Uh, Should be a fantastic Saturday evening at the Palace on the Prairie. And that will lead into the Sooners' first road trip of the year, September 17th, as they make the trek up to Nebraska. And you'd figure, Tyler, there will be a significant Sooners contingent present in Lincoln as well. That game's going to be a ton of fun. Yeah, it no, it's 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 going to be awesome. It's I think Saturday's going to be awesome. The night game and the new LED lights and kind of the draw of having a couple of big time 23 uh, prospects in Norman as well. Nah, man, that's that's going to be cool and text line was saying um <laughs> why are we playing a night game? It's really throwing me off. Like why why is why has this weekend become such a big recruiting weekend? Because this is the last known night game that you may have the entire year. Is that it? Maybe 11 a.m. from here on out? I think it's just because people know Peyton Mullen's going to be in town, right? And I, I think that there's a general sense of anticipation that, okay, we're getting down to crunch time here. It's going to happen sooner or later. Peyton Bowen's going to flip to OU or he's going to flip to Texas A&M. And this is really OU's opportunity to solidify Norman as the destination for Peyton Bowen. And look, what do we always say, Tyler? Girlfriends are undefeated. Yes, they are. And Peyton Bowen's girlfriend over the weekend posted a picture. What was he wearing again? He was wearing an OU shirt. Playing Mm, like a champion shirt. Sleeveless, too. Uh, That's got to tell us something, right? Hey, can you uh, can you hear the bowling pins exploding in the background? I right can now? hear the bowling pins. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's because we're at Sooner Bowl right here in Norman. The fall youth bowling kickoff is tonight, and guess who's going to be here? Special guest is going to be here from six to eight p.m. How about Sooner star Key Lawrence? No big deal. I, <laughs> Sooner Bowl right here in Norman. Key Lawrence is going to be here from six to eight p.m. That is tonight tell you more about the great event that they have at Sooner Bowl. Pretty cool that Key Lawrence is going to stop by and uh, help out some of these kids and do a really cool fall youth bowling kickoff. All right, 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More Cruton, more football on the other side. Keep it locked right here on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune, live on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. I am at Sooner Bowl today in Norman, and parents, Listen up. If you've got a kid out there that you want to get involved in youth bowling, I'm telling you, tonight is the absolute perfect opportunity for you to do that because Key Lawrence is going to be here from 6 to 8 tonight. And I just spoke with Mandy here at Sooner Bowl, and allegedly 
Key Lawrence is going to bring along a, a few of his buddies uh, as well after practice. So this is a really cool event. Get your kid involved tonight. They, they don't have to be actively involved with Sooner Bowl already to come out to the event. You can come with them. You can drop them off, whatever. But 6 to 8 tonight, Sooner star Key Lawrence is going to be here. He is a... Uh, Big-time fan of bowling, a really good bowler, and it's really, really cool that uh, he wants to help some of the kids in the community uh, get into this sport. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Here's what I wanted to do real quick, Parker, is we talk so much about Peyton Bowen and his potential flip this weekend, but we also mention the package deal that his little brother Eli Bowen could be. And we say that, and no one really knows much about Eli Bowen, Tell us more about what OU could potentially get with him other than he's a 5'9 corner in the 24 class, 5'9", 165, and he's got offers from OU, Notre Dame, LSU, Michigan State, and some others. Yeah, to those folks, I would just say turn on the tape, man, because he's a really good football player. And the first thing you're obviously going to see is the height, 5'9", and there will be people, and there always are people, that will write a kid off because he's not tall enough. That's not the case for Eli Bowen. Look, Peyton's a solid six foot. Eli's a bit shorter. But, man, does he make an impact for Denton Geyer High School. And he he's basically, if you took Peyton and you hit him on the head with a pile driver until he was three inches shorter, right? That Like, those two, and it's not shocking because they're brothers, but they're cut from the same cloth. They play very similarly. Peyton is more of a natural safety Eli is very much a natural corner, but both of them just have a very natural feel for pass defense. And Eli is a guy that has the potential to come into Oklahoma and compete for snaps right off the bat just because of how scrappy he plays. And you kind of have to have that extra edge when you're that small, right? We saw that from Jaden Davis back in 2019 when he came in as a true freshman. And Jaden Davis, much like Eli Bowen, a little bit undersized, at least when you're talking about uh, the prototypical size and defensive backs these days. But that was always the thing about Jaden Davis, man. That's what helped him climb the depth chart as quickly as he did was he just played with an edge. And you see that when you watch Eli Bowen play football. So that is a guy that you can get excited about. You can get legitimately excited about. We're not talking about an LT Overton, Micaiah Overton type of situation here. No, we yeah. are talking about two brothers that are both very good at the game of football, and both are nationally regarded prospects in their own right, completely independent of one another. But if you don't flip the eldest Peyton, uh, uh, Bowen brother, you still have something to look forward to, OU fans. In 12 days, four-star defensive lineman Jordan Renaud is going to commit. I know we've talked about that a lot. He'll be in town on Saturday. It's OU and Alabama, the final two. I don't know, man. I, I, Parker, I've been led to believe for a while now that OU should feel really good about landing this commitment, but we're kind of down the stretch on this one and pre-visit. Why should I feel nervous at all that Alabama might sneak in here and get his commitment? Well, the, the simple answer is because it's Alabama. Right, like If there's one school you are constantly wary of on the recruiting trail, it is Alabama. And Oklahoma has been burned by Alabama before, several times, in fact. You say the name Jace McClellan, you say the name Kamar Wheaton, Sooner fans are getting instant flashbacks, right? And so it's encouraging that the Sooners are going to get the last visit, at least what we expect will be the last visit, 
from Jordan Renaud. And I can remember having the conversation with my colleague, Brandon Drum, all the way back in March when we were watching Jordan Renaud just throw dudes around at the Under Armour camp down in Dallas. And even back then, we were kind of of the same mind and saying, Jordan Renaud's one of those kids where it you just honestly feel like whoever gets his last visit is going to end up being the school that gets his commitment. So now that Oklahoma is in position to get the last visit, and that not only will they get the last visit, but they also have Jordan Renaud's most recent visit when you rewind to July 29th at the party in the Palace. There's tangible reason for confidence if you're an OU fan. And I know Bama maintains a quiet confidence as well. That's probably just because they're Alabama. You, know, you, can, you can legitimately be confident about anybody if you're at Alabama. But as far as where this seems to be headed, if you're tracking the visits... Oklahoma is in the driver's seat right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, text line for the 918. If LT, Over, if LT Overton doesn't reclass, who's higher ranked, David Hicks or LT Overton? It's Good close. Question. It's close. I, I still give the edge to DJ Hicks. And even before LT Overton reclassed, I've been saying it I think since last November, DJ Hicks is the best defensive lineman in America right now at the prep level. Peyton on the text line says, are we underestimating Daniel Parker coming back? If you add him and Willis into a two-tight end set, we have seven big nasties across the front. How does anyone stop us from getting an automatic of five yards? It, Yeah, I are we underestimating Daniel Parker coming back? Probably, just like a lot of us underestimated Braden Willis's impact in game one. All he did is have, what, two touchdowns in the very first half. Daniel Parker is maybe one of the more physical guys that you have on the entire roster. So whether it's goal line, whether it's short yardage situations, which OU really didn't struggle with either of those in game one, uh, yeah, that's going to be Daniel Parker's biggest gift to this football team, Parker, is what he could do just blowing up people kind of off there on the edge of the offensive line. Honestly, if I'm Jeff Lebby, and obviously this will not happen, but if I'm Jeff Lebby, I'm just running two tight end sets all night Saturday and handing the ball to Tawi Walker literally 60 times. Oh, my gosh. That is We're like, just gonna that go, is, that's a throwback right exactly. there. That's a throwback off. We're offense. just going to go full 1963 on him. Uh, by the way, unrelated, Tyler, how good of a bowler are you? Because I hear you on those Sooner Bowl spots talking about yes. how much you love to bowl. Oh, yeah. How good of a bowler are you in reality? Well, I – I appreciate this opportunity uh, to bring up the uh, past uh, Christmas parties here. Uh, Pre-COVID was our last company bowling party, and uh, it's a lot of fun. Let's just say that for the past two Christmas parties, I was the top bowler on the winning team. So to answer your question, Parker, pretty damn good. That's how good I am. Okay, fair enough. I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. Perry Spencer is also really good. Um, this won't be a surprise to anyone. Teddy can be good, but if he's not good, he has been known to flip off the pins uh, in front of everyone at the party, which is pretty entertaining. Uh, um, who, who else? Um, Trevor LaFoon, terrible. Perry Spencer, like I said, good. Toby's not bad. Toby's pretty good. Where, where are you at when it comes to bowling? You're semi-athletic. A, yeah, I am semi-athletic, and I, I, I'm kind of streaky when it comes to bowling. Like, bowling is one of those things where, like, if I'm really feeling myself, 
I can rip off a couple strikes in a row and I can bowl up in like the 180-200 range. But it almost always – when I go bowling, it almost always takes me the first – what do you call it? Frame, frame, I guess? yes. So it almost takes it, – it always takes me the first frame – to get rolling, so I gotta put I gotta put the ball down the lane 15, 20 times before I really have the stroke working. It's usually game number two where I start to bowl really effectively. You're you're a second half type of guy. Exactly. You, you're exactly. the opposite of Mule Shoes football team. Then essentially, is what you're saying. Yes, I am the anti Mule Shoe of bowling. <laughs> uh, Dallas Bill says, "Do I need to bring my golf cart?" With the double keg dispenser on the back to fill the students' cup, yeah, I, sure. I whatever needs to happen to keep the student section full, absolutely, Dallas Bill. And I think that that the keg dispenser, the double keg dispenser, if that doesn't work, then it's a lost cause of uh, keeping them in the, in the in the seats. That's the that's the last resort now. That's our last idea. Man, we got to pull out all the stops to maintain student engagement these days. It was is what it looks like now. Again, again. Let's wait till September 24th and see what the student turnout looks like against Kansas State, and as well as the student second-half retention rate uh, before we start uh, pulling out the uh, – before we start declaring that Oklahoma is in dire straits when it comes to the student section. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all in favor of the double keg dispenser, Dallas Bill. Why not? Let's give it a shot. Yeah, a lot of you got jokes on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Don't don't think that we're missing that. I absolutely see that. Okay. Jay from Medill says, Parker, um, if OU flips Peyton Bowen on air Friday, the OU Twitter army will have to activate Flight Tracker out of South Bend for your personal protection, LOL. Yeah, are you going to get a lot of hate mail from Notre Dame fans if that happens? Oh, man, it's going to extend beyond hate mail. Will will I take a very subtle victory lap via cryptic tweets if it happens? Yes, I certainly will because I have not forgotten all the slander that Notre Dame fans subjected me to when I had the nerve to say that Peyton Bowen was going to end up flipping. Uh, but, yeah, I, I can imagine that the meltdown – I mean, look, the meltdown was legendary when Keon Keeley decommitted from Notre Dame. If, after the end of this whole saga, Peyton Bowen decommits from Notre Dame, too, which is my expectation and the expectation of many, oh, man, those Notre Dame message boards are going to be fun, fun, fun. Uh, Zane and Tulsa just sent us a link to a tweet. Amid rumored communication with Oklahoma, LSU commits four-star corner Ryan Yates told rivals that he shut down his recruitment and is locked in with the Tigers. Quote, honestly, I pretty much closed it down. I'm pretty confident with where I stand with LSU, in quotes. And I think, so we no- talked, I think we talked about this yesterday as well. Look, that's not all that different from what Peyton Bowen was saying about Notre Dame back in May after he'd already taken four or five visits apiece to Oklahoma and Texas A&M. So on the one hand, you're taking that with a grain of salt. But secondly, if you're the OU staff and you see that quote circulating on social media – and you're probably starting to ramp up your pursuit of guys like Conrad Hussey and Marvin Burks and Rohan Fluellen because Ryan Yates does not have the same type of leeway that Peyton Bowen does, right? The Sooner staff is going to leave the light on for Peyton Bowen a lot longer than they will leave it on for Ryan Yates. At this point in time, 
if Yates is going to say these things about LSU, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point very soon Oklahoma just says, okay, we're going to go our separate ways and we're going to find somebody else. Is uh, everyone in the country trying to get in on the Conrad Hussey recruitment? It kind of feels that way. He, was he at the Florida State LSU game on Sunday night? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he was at the Superdome. Interesting. I feel like that was the case. Um, but, yeah, it feels like a lot of people are trying to get in on that recruitment, which is interesting. Hey, uh, we got Travis Davidson coming up next. We have him every single Wednesday at 2.30, or at least we did for one segment. No, 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 not anymore. 2.30 to 6 p.m. He's going to join me for uh, all three hours on The Rush as well. So we'll catch up with Travis coming up next. Keep it locked on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Locked in with McComas and Thune. Live on The Ref. We're the Homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Parker Thune. I'm at Sooner Bowl in Norman where Keith Lawrence is going to be here from 6 to 8 p.m. for a youth bowling night, which is going to be really, really cool. And as we are every single Wednesday at 2.30, we're joined by Travis Davidson. And I don't know if anyone in Tulsa – has a better view than what Travis Davidson has right now. What's going on, dude? Man, I'm loving it. Uh, our friends here at FC Tulsa, hook it up. There's no doubt. Uh, overlooking the downtown skyline from the radio booth up here at One Oak Field. Uh, yeah, glad to be joining you guys. Yeah, no, man. Um, kind of still looking, peeking back a little bit to last Saturday since it was game one, but Mostly kind of looking forward to this Kent State weekend. I, I do have a question for both of you. Like, who right now in the top ten in recruiting are you most surprised is in the top ten? And there's no unusual suspects, I would say. Bama's at one, Texas is at two, Georgia at three, Notre Dame at four, OU at five, Ohio State at six, LSU at seven, Clemson at eight, Miami at nine, Florida at ten. Travis, if there was, like, someone in the top ten that, that you're surprised with that's in the top ten in recruiting, who would it be? Hmm. Surprised in the top ten? Uh, I think it would have to be, believe it or not, Texas. I know we do this every year. They always recruit well, everything like that. But, you know, when you look at teams like uh, uh, like Notre Dame, Oklahoma, LSU, um, you know, Miami, Florida, they got that new coach push that we see a team like Texas get to enjoy every three years when they get a new coach. Um, so so that can kind of be explained away. Man, there's new excitement. Who knows what they're going to do? You know, everybody assumes it will always be an improvement. But, God, Texas went 5-7 and seven last year. Like, we saw what their what their first recruiting class push, their, their first-year head coach push was going to be. And, uh, yeah, so I'm surprised they're that high. Uh, you know, one could – one could say maybe if Arch Manning was ranked appropriately that they wouldn't be number two, but, you know, some might say that. You know, I'm not saying that, but some might say that. So what say you, Park? My answer is Miami, just because when you talk about a team and a program that has been mired in mediocrity for years and years and years, the Hurricanes have won double-digit games once in the last two decades. So, look, Miami historically – has one of the greatest and most sellable brands in college football, but it's just been so long since anybody was able to have success there. I am somewhat surprised, and I do give a lot of credit to Mario Cristobal and that Miami staff for being able to reverse the trend for the Hurricanes as quickly as they have. And look, obviously wins on the recruiting trail do not always translate to wins on the football field, but... If the Hurricanes continue to recruit at this level and Cristobal 
is able to milk the type of success out of this Miami team that he got out of his programs at Oregon, the Hurricanes are going to experience a resurgence in the ACC. And I think that's good for college football because there are certain teams, I think Michigan is one of those programs, Notre Dame, Nebraska, Miami, those kinds of schools where college football is better when they are elite. Think about it, Parker. Did the state of Florida just have their best week in a long, long time? Florida beat a really good team at home. Miami played, what, Bethune, Cookman, but there's some real optimism that they could, you know, be a sneaky, really good team this year. Florida State, no one picked them to win uh, against LSU in the Superdome. I, I, as sad as it is to say, it has probably happened way more recently than I than I think, but the last time that Miami, Florida State, and Florida all won in the same week seems like it's been a long time, but two out of three of those schools had pretty good wins. It was actually, for the first time in a while, a good, a, a good week in the state. Yeah, and it doesn't change my opinion on Florida State. Mike Norvell is still a dead man walking there. That program still has a long ways to go to climb back to national relevance, but if Miami and Florida continue to maintain an up-and-up trajectory under Mario Cristobal and Billy Napier, here's what I will say. It's going to get a lot more difficult to pull elite prospects out of the state of Florida. And I was thinking the other night, I was just sitting at home noodling, if you will, and I was thinking oh. about – I'm not talking about catfish. Uh, <laughs> no, but, to say. But Interesting. I was thinking about our Mason Thomas because he's been so, so impressive throughout fall camp, and it feels like he's going to be one of those guys that's tearing up the NFL a decade from now. And we're looking back on his collegiate career and his path to NFL stardom. And we're going to be wondering to ourselves at that point, how on earth did that dude make it out of the state of Florida? And in reality, it was due to the fact that the Sooners kind of caught lightning in a bottle because... Our Mason Thomas was graduating high school at a time where all three flagship football institutions in the state, Miami, Florida, and Florida State, all were undergoing a period of extended turbulence. Yeah, and uh, me would like that turbulence to continue in the state of Florida. I just don't necessarily know if if it's going to. Hey, like On the opposite side of that, Travis, like a team that's not inside the top ten, I mean, Texas A&M had the number one overall class, but there was just this thought nationally that, oh, my God, USC is about to own in recruiting. Is USC just barely being in the top 15, even though that's a pretty good ranking? Is that one of the bigger surprises so far of this recruiting cycle, that they're not inside the top five and landing every single five and four-star on the West Coast? Yeah, I mean, they, they I don't know. With A&M, you know, they took so many last time we've heard about their NIL stuff. Um, it'll be interesting to watch USC. I mean, I know somebody on the text line from the 832 um, asking about when the USC five-star guys flip. You know, d- d- does that end up happening? Does that boost Texas A&M's ranking? Um, I want to keep an eye on um, on Oregon simply because, look, yeah, they got rocked in week one. But if, if USC starts to lose uh, a couple games, maybe the fighting Pat Fields's um, are able to take them down uh, with Stanford, uh, things like that. I still think they've only got 18 uh, kids in that class. Uh, I think they're going to take a heavier number. Uh, you look ahead, there are some 
some schools ahead that have kind of full boats already. So I think when you start looking at that line, you kind of have to consider, you know, how many athletes are are these schools going to take in each class? Because, again, it's a numbers game. If you just take a ton, you know, that's going to boost your overall ranking while your average commit ranking will suffer a bit. By the way, for what it's worth, four-star offensive lineman T.J. Shanahan committed to Texas A&M about an hour ago. And in yeah. his commitment interview, he basically – and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, we're going to do everything we can to get Malachi Nelson and Zach Branch <laughs> to College Station. So it, it, it remains out there that Texas A&M – is legitimately pursuing both Nelson and Branch. So we will see what becomes that. By the way, fantastic text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line from Brian in Tulsa. Don't be late to practice, Yates. That's $10. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Brian Kelly Who would, who would want to play for that Boy. guy, man? I don't get it, man. It's it's everything. It's it's the, the dancing all over the recruit that ended up actually going to Bama. It's the fake southern accent to try and fit in in the south. Uh, it's the, uh, you know, the, the picking on reporters. It's losing to Florida State, which may be the, the worst crime of them all. Um, when you had the, what was the All-State Louisiana Classic or something like that, I mean, you're playing it in Louisiana. The, the game is named after Louisiana, and uh, it's a quote-unquote neutral site, and you still find a way to screw that up. I mean, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what the appeal is there right now. No, and uh, LSU fans are crazy. Uh, they got a little bit different side of a crazy than maybe any other fan base in college football has. Um, after one loss, they're, like, ready to move on and already fire this guy. And he's not doing himself any favors right now, guys. Uh, it's, it's interesting. Hey, um, they are listening, as always, from all over the country right now. Florissant, Colorado. Chandler, Arizona. Tampa, Florida. Come on. Booth Bay, Booth Bay, Maine, Parker Thune. Washington, D.C., Avon, Indiana, and Williamston, South Carolina. Hey, what's so, I mean, the ref just all over. Tyler, what's our uh, small Oklahoma town of the day? Oh, oh, uh, small Oklahoma town of the day is Hinton, Oklahoma. There we go. Go Comets. Actually, lost a basketball game at Hinton my senior year. But it's all good, Hinton. I don't care. I'm over it. It's like 12, 14 years ago. We're over it, man. Thank you to everyone, as always, for listening to us via the Ref app nationwide. Just search KREF to uh, KREF to download our official app in the App Store. Locked In rolls on next. Keep it locked. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. Travis Davidson is alongside with us. I'm at Sooner Bowl in Norman. Hey, Key Lawrence, in case you didn't hear, now you have. Six to eight tonight. He's going to be helping out the uh, local youths with a little bowling tonight. So 6 to 8 p.m., you got a kid that's interested in bowling, wants to be interested in bowling, or just interested in OU football? Well, Key Lawrence is going to be here. Pretty cool opportunity to meet uh, one of OU stars in the uh, defensive backfield. Um, Travis Davidson is at FC Tulsa, where all you have to do is go up to the ticket office and say, Travis sent me. You're going to get a free ticket. And we did this for the first time two weeks ago. So, you know, kind of a little bit nervous when you try something like this for the first time. How many people are actually going to show up on a Wednesday night when we just start promoting it that day? And, Travis, you got like over 100 people that came by and got their free ticket to FC Tulsa. Yeah, Wednesday plus Saturday. So, I'll tell you what, it was a lot hotter than it's going to be tonight. Tonight is, oof. 
is perfect. I wish we had this weather uh, the other night or the other afternoon, I should say, uh, when we took on the miners because it is perfect. I got the window down, uh, good to go. But, yeah, just go to the ticket office. Travis sent me. Easy as that. No questions asked. They hand over a ticket. You stroll right in. You know, Parker, we've talked a lot about Gavin Freeman this week, and obviously so with the the play of the day on Saturday. Is there anyone that you're looking at, an in-state kid right now for the 2023 class, that, you know, he's not going to get a scholarship offer to OU, but maybe you really like him as a preferred walk-on target, much like Gavin Freeman was last cycle? Well, I mean, let's start with the preferred walk-on target that Oklahoma has signed or committed right now in the 2023 class, Chapman McCown, out of Norman North High School. I mean, Tyler, you you were there, weren't you, at Harv Collins Field last week? I was not. That? I watched it on uh, KREFSports.TV, though. I did watch the clash that way. Okay. So, I mean, there's a guy right there uh, that kind of flew under the radar. He had a couple FBS offers. Oklahoma was able to snap him up as a PWO, and he is – not large, five six, five seven, but he can move, and maybe that's maybe that's your next Gavin Freeman. Maybe that's a guy that factors into uh, the special teams game, the return game. Maybe he's a guy that you uh, draw up a couple of package plays for in the same vein as we saw Saturday with that option reverse uh, that went to Gavin Freeman. So honestly, as of right now, I don't doubt that Oklahoma's going to find a couple of kids to pursue as preferred walk-ons from within state lines, but if I'm looking at a guy that has the opportunity to contribute and contribute meaningfully at Oklahoma, going the PWO route, I think the conversation starts with Chapman McCown, and I will say this, I really, really like Norman North's quarterback, Camden Six Killer. I think that's a dude that's going to be a late riser on the recruiting trail, and if he doesn't end up getting scholarship offers at the FBS level, which, to be honest, I believe he will. If he doesn't, maybe that's a guy that Oklahoma circles back around with in December, January, says, hey, come on, stay home, and go the PWO route with us. Travis, what's the uh, what's the latest on Micah Tease? We thought a couple weeks ago before, what, the Anthony Evans uh, commitment that that could be a possibility. It, it, any chance uh, Micah Tease ends up a Sooner or just expect him to be in Fayetteville? Yeah, I mean, the safe money's on Fayetteville right now. What well, we, we do know certain things, right? We do know that LaDamian Washington has actually now made contact with him, so he had never met him before uh, prior to uh, a couple weeks ago now. Um, so getting that relationship going, uh, Brandon Hall's still on him, um, Jay Valai's still on him, and he's going to be in Norman for uh, a game or two. So, hey, I, w- I wouldn't write him off entirely. Travis and I are about to be with you for the next three hours, but I definitely want to put him on the spot here on Locked In. Percentage chance, percentage chance, whether it's public, Travis, or whether it's silent, that Peyton Bowen flips to OU after this weekend. Uh, 65%. Whoa! Hello! 65? Did I hear that correctly? 65%? Wow. Okay. Yeah. I felt I was being conservative there. Recruiting winners from week two. I tried to tell you guys this yesterday. It's going to happen. Recruiting winners from week two, the University of Oklahoma, if that happens. Wow. Number two overall class. Here they come, man. 
No, I, I love that. I love that. And uh, Parker was uh, feeling pretty good about it earlier today, too. I don't know if he's going 65%, but I can tell he was starting to feel pretty good about uh, OU's chances here. All right, that'll do it for Parker. Uh, we got three more hours of OU content coming your way. I'm at Sooner Bowl here in Norman. Travis is at FC Tulsa, One Oak Field. More to come next. Keep it locked on the ref. We're the homeless Sooner fans. <laughs>